guess what? Jesus is alive. Yeah, isn't, isn't that great? If you didn't know, that's the best news that you will hear all day. That Jesus is alive. That's actually the best news that you'll hear all week. Because Jesus is alive for you. So that's where we pick off where we left off from last week in this fun little teaching series we're doing. Jesus, the next 40. Jesus is alive. And if you remember, last week we saw Jesus. He was taking the time walking on the road to Emmaus with some disciples who were headed out of Jerusalem back home. Now, the great thing about Jesus and this walk is he was not rebuking these disciples. He wasn't rebuking them for leaving. He was instead building them up. He was taking the time to, to answer their questions. He was investing in them. And so as they completed the end of the walk, they sat down in the home together, and, and they were going to eat. They were going to share a meal as a way to say thank you. And as they were doing this, Jesus took the bread, and as he was breaking it in half, he, he blessed it, and he gave it to those disciples to eat. And as they were getting ready to eat, their eyes were opened. They saw who this was. They knew that Jesus was alive. And because now they knew that Jesus was alive, they didn't need any more proof. And with that, Jesus went where? Poof. He vanished. But where did he go? Well, if we allow Scripture to help us understand this, he went all the way back to Jerusalem. And that's where we pick it up today. John chapter 20, verse 19. That's where we're going to continue moving forward this morning. But before we do that, let's just pray real quick here. Father God, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die and then to rise again. And wow, he is alive. And he is here with us this day. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We ask that you send that Holy Spirit that we know that is here as well into our hearts and our minds, that my words may be your words, and those words may resonate in the hearts of, of these, your children, Lord, that they may hear exactly what they need to hear, that they may know that you are alive for them in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's evening of that day. That day being the same day that Jesus rose from the dead. Where are the disciples? They're hiding. They've locked themselves away. They were afraid. They were scared. They didn't know what to do. So they went back to where they were comfortable. Like some went to that road to Emmaus. These guys just went back to that room where this all started, where they felt safe, and they barred the doors. They barred the doors shut. This was no simple lock and, and key thing turned here. No, these doors, doors were barred shut, and you would have to take some maximum effort to break your way in through them. These 10 disciples of Jesus that were there, no Judas, right? He's gone his own way, and Thomas isn't there either. We'll find out about him next week. But these other ten, they feel safe in this little comfort zone that they have. You see, they're, they're safely tucked away from the realities of the world. The, the reality that the Jews could be coming after them. 
because they were with Jesus. They, they were worried that they were going to be captured and then that what was going to happen to Jesus was going to happen to them next. So, so locked away in this room, they liked where they were. Because in their minds, there was no comfort outside those doors. Jesus was dead. And they too soon could be. Or so they thought. There it is again, right? So they thought. That's key. They thought. Those simple human minds thought they knew best. But in the matter of seconds, everything changes. Why? Because Jesus is alive. Everything changes because Jesus is alive. Let's look at this. John 20, verse 19, says this. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. He stood among them. He spoke to them. Jesus appears before these disciples, gathered together here in the safety of their locked room, and he says to them, peace be with you. Let's just pause a moment and, and think a little bit about the disciples' reaction after they hear those words. Peace be with you. Ah, right? Kind of a jump scare, maybe? Where did he come from? The, the, doors, the, the door's locked. What's he doing here? Isn't he dead? Add to that our understanding of why the disciples were scared to see Jesus again. Why? Why would they be scared to see Jesus again? What did they do? They ran away. They deserted him. They tucked tail and ran when he needed them most. And oh yeah, they still didn't believe that he would actually rise from the dead again. But yet, he's there. He, he's right there in their presence and he speaks to them. Peace be with you. Those words there provide the disciples with all the comfort that they truly need. Jesus speaking these words is him speaking into all their failures. It's him speaking into all their sins. Jesus speaking these words is him showing them forgiveness. Forgiveness for their unbelief. Forgiveness for their desertion. Forgiveness for their all-around failure. Because Jesus didn't come back to seek revenge on them. No, he was there to provide them with his love, with his grace and mercy. And while Jesus speaks these words, it says there in verse 20 that he shows them his hands 
And he says, look at my, my side. Why? why? Why is he doing this? It's once again to prove beyond a doubt that Jesus himself is alive. He showed the scars in his hands and the signs to them, and they saw that he was alive, and the scriptures tell us that they were glad. Yay. Come on, right? No. They were glad. There was so much more than that. They were filled with this, with this joy. They had this experience of the sudden outburst of excitement. So there's, there's hugging, and there's clapping, and there's like, yeah! Just pure joy filled them as Jesus stood in their presence. And while all this high-fiving and stuff is going on, Jesus begins to speak again and as he speaks, a hush falls across the room. Because he says there in verse 21, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Silence. Right? From joyful celebration to deafening silence in the matter of a few words. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Those words had to just send those disciples' minds spinning. Just as the Father sent me, so now I am sending you. Right now... These disciples are not even thinking about what they'll be sharing. Right now, all these disciples are thinking about is going to be, what in the world is going to happen to me? They know. They, they, they know what, what's coming. So that uncomfortable feeling that they've been feeling since Jesus was killed begins to creep back in. That peace that was just spoken to them begins to feel like a distant memory. But Jesus, right? But Jesus doesn't stop speaking, does he? He, he continues on. He says, just as peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them, saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. It's right there. It's right there with those words, with Jesus breathing those words, Receive the Holy Spirit on the disciples. He's equipping them to do the work they are to do. He's equipping them, prepping them, sending them now to do the work they've been trained for. This is the work they are being sent to do, no matter how uncomfortable it might be. And what is that work? 
It's that each of them, as individuals, is sent the same way the Father sent Jesus. Now, to understand that, let's drop a little bit back into the Gospel of John. We're going to actually just go back. Technically, it's about just a few days before the resurrection, all right, when Jesus is in his teaching. So I want you to go back to John 12 right now, verses 44 to 50. John 12, we're going to look at verses 44 to 50 to see what's going on here. Now they're now being sent the same way the Father sent Jesus. John 12, beginning with verse 44. Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment. What to say? And what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. So, the disciples then, and now us today, who have the Holy Spirit in us, we are sent to say, whoever believes in Jesus believes in the one who sent Jesus, the Father. Whoever believes in Jesus does not remain in the darkness because he has come as light of the world. Whoever believes the words of Jesus, that he is who he says he is, is saved. For he does not come to judge the world, but to save it. Those who reject Jesus, those who don't believe Jesus' words, will be judged by these words that they've rejected. So what does this all mean? Jesus' words offer life. Jesus' words offer life to all who hear. It doesn't matter if those words were spoken by Jesus, the original apostles, or you and me today. Jesus' words offer life to all here. And these words that have come directly from who? Father. And what Jesus has spoken was not on his own authority. It was from the Father who sent him. So Jesus simply did what he was asked to do and spoke what the Father told him to speak. The message from the Father, spoken and carried out by Jesus, had one goal. To bring eternal life to all who believe it. But for those who reject Jesus' words... 
they reject Jesus. They reject the Father who sent him. And for, therefore, their rejection of his message will condemn them. So Jesus, as he breathes the Holy Spirit on the apostles, is sending them to speak truth. To bear testimony to the truth of what they've seen, what they've been taught. They are being sent to proclaim the word. The word of salvation. And by their lives and teachings, share and show the good news of Jesus. So Jesus said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. The disciples, filled with this this spirit, are now able to proclaim the good news about the forgiveness of sins. This peace, this forgiveness is there all from Christ's words, from his death upon the cross, from his resurrection from the dead. It's always there. It's always there for you and me when we repent of our sins and turn back to God. And this gift of forgiveness... This gift of peace is for who? All people. So let's put all Jesus' words together and just read them straight through here. This is what he said. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Brothers and sisters, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, we have received the most precious treasure on earth. The gospel of forgiveness. From God the Father, through the Son, Jesus Christ, to us, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then out to others. Out to others by the power of the Holy Spirit, pointing to the Son, Jesus Christ, who saved us directly back, linking us back to the Father, who sent the Son to save all people from their sins. We know this. But often we're scared. We're scared to step out of that room that has us safely locked in. Locked away from the unknown. Locked away from the troubles of this world that await us. It's everywhere. But remember, remember who was alive? Jesus. Remember who spoke these words? Jesus. 
Remember who fills us up? Jesus. Remember who goes before us and with us and for us? Jesus. Remember whose words we speak? Jesus from the Father. Remember all that, right? That's good. That's great. That's awesome. Now, do you remember who they're rejecting if they don't hear the words? Jesus. They're not rejecting you. They're not rejecting you. You are simply doing what Jesus was doing. You're doing what Jesus sent you and me to do, to share his words of love and forgiveness. And let the Holy Spirit do the rest. You're equipped, though, to do the work of God when the Holy Spirit is in you. It's not easy, it's not attractive, and it's not popular. But it is what you and I are called and sent to do. Famous missionary Hudson Taylor Taylor said it this way. He said, there are commonly three steps in doing the work of God. First, impossible, then difficult, then done. First impossible, then difficult, then done. So take courage, friends. God is on your side. What he calls us to do can and must be done. His promise of victory is assured. I encourage you to join me to step bravely out of your comfort zone like those disciples did some 2,000 years ago. To step bravely out in the name of Jesus from the impossible to the difficult and then in God's own time, his will will be done through you. And so it's my prayer that as you continue to grow and to know and go as you are sent by the Father, where you are being sent out to the people, out to your families, out to the neighborhoods, out to the schools, you're sent to speak truth in love. You're sent to share the good news of forgiveness and grace. And come back here again. Please do. Please come here again and hear of the risen Savior, Jesus, that, that he is alive. Please come back again to be built back up in the word of God. Come back again to be equipped and encouraged to stand in and on and for the truth. Come back to bask in the light so that you can shine the light amidst the darkness. I'm almost done. I'm going to invite our praise team up front. I'm going to invite you guys to stand. As we prepare to head back out into this crazy, crazy world, I invite you to hear these words. And I invite you to embrace them as your own. As this day you receive this blessing from Hebrews chapter 13. Now friends, the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with all you need for doing his will working in you that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, all glory be to him forever 
and amen.